You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his pussiness. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> Once upon a time, there were two clowns who loved a show called Killing Eve. These clowns have finished the second episode of the final series. Ominously titled, Don't Get Eaten. Eaten by the horrible feels of this episode, Laura Neal? That would be discovered by the two clowns shortly after it premiered. They put all their hopes and dreams onto expectations for the final season of this show. Into getting the smash into getting Dark Eve Rising, into getting Carolyn and Eve <laughs> as a couple. But they would come to learn that none of that would come to pass in episode two. Don't Get Eaten has decided instead to drive these two clowns to no longer be sober. <laughs> I don't think you have to be driven anywhere to no longer be sober. Clown plastry. But after Sunday, the clowns had to take a good hard look around them and they realized they were no longer in a gay carnival of bright lights and unicorns and pretty colors, but they were in hell. A hell full of het shenanigans, villanelle slaps, mm. faux jafari in the bed, oh. witty repartee between Eve and her boyfriend. And these clowns were to learn that this hell was just the beginning. Well, guys, apparently it is just the beginning because a lot of you said that episode three is even worse. So, right. step right up. Yeah, get your vision, <laughs> get your looks, feast your eyes upon the biggest clowns on earth. Your host here at Well Well Villanelle. The carnival is sponsored by Killing Eve. I am Candace. I would like to call myself Prima Clown number one. Your Prima Clown host at the top. I'm actually standing on the heap of all my dead muses. My hopes and dreams still floating with the sapphic vapors, but I'm down bad, y'all. In Tartarus. I'm watching a magician saw the gate in half right before my eyes. Where did it go? It, it, it vanished. I'm dancing deliriously like Nell or Villanelle with Jesus Christo Villanelle. And hopefully it's with all you clowns and what's left of my muses. Dancing unhinged in a circle. My cow is still flying. We've left Finland. I'm so sorry, my Finnish friends. I'm not there anymore. I am now in Copenhagen. Oh, I'm nice. in Copenhagen. I don't know. I don't know how long I'll be here, but hello to all you lovely people. Yes, I hope you enjoy your stay, temporary stay. All stays are temporary when you are subject to the whims of the sapphic violence or lack thereof that Laura Neal inflicts upon you if you are a Killing Eve watcher. And that is the reality. Yeah, so we are here. We are in here to snack. A feast, but I feel like that gif with Sarah Paulson from American Horror Story Asylum, where she's eating the moldy, just not good bread and she is crying and she looks distraught. Mm. That's me with this snack. I'm smiling, but is it real? Inside, her heart is breaking. No, her makeup's I'm fucking fr- flaking. Ugh, but the show. And she does not stand strong because I don't. Will the show go on? I guess well, will Villanelle? We'll go on. But the mess you guys might receive, I cannot predict it. I cannot. I don't know. What is the best way to approach thoughts? Which perspective is best to approach 
these thoughts that I have. There are so many thoughts. They're going in so many directions because it's like I want to do like the compliment sandwich, but I don't have enough bread. <laughs> compliment sandwich? For who? Like uh, just for all the parties involved and, and possibly affected by what we've experienced. Oh, do you mean the listeners? The listeners are one week ahead. So not oh, only are. are they prematurely upset or depressed, or both, about whatever has transpired there. Well, it's an interesting thing because a lot of you listeners, well, some of you listeners have been in my DMs or my mentions saying, Candace, catch up, we need you. <laughs> and I am doing my best at this interval. Life is life, and I have been taking the full week to process my killing Eve emotions. And this past week was a doozy. I'm not even going to hold y'all. It was very Oof. difficult for me. It's a very dark path. And multiple friends coming to me for answers. And it's like, what? Just because I have a podcast, bitch, does not mean I have the answers from Laura Neal. But so many people were in my fucking messages. Candace, have you been watching Killing Eve? First of all, host, you know I'm watching Killing Eve. <laughs> Don't come in here with those questions. Candace, what do you think? Candace, I need to talk to you. You saw how people in the group chat. People in single chats, other chats, Candace. And I don't have answers. I don't have answers. I do come into this snack to muse distastefully about why things are happening the way they're happening. And it's true for those of you who follow me on my personal Twitter that I did arrive to a muse that was satisfactory to explain Fogefari. And it happened after hours of me yelling at a friend and whoever would listen about why. Why? Just, just why? Just why? Mm. And then it kind of... I was talking it out and then it kind of dawned on me and then I messaged you and I was like, I did it. And then I went to Twitter and I was like, I did it. And so did I do it? I guess you guys will be the final judge. But I do have something. I was going to try mm. to manifest something. I was like, Candace, Lauda did give you the ballroom. Don't abandon her entirely. Candace, Lauda has worked on other projects that have been good. Candace, try to have faith. So... I dug deep. I swirled in the abyss of my thoughts and found something that I think makes sense about faux. I don't know. I once again could be here with clown makeup contour per usual. But for today, I do have something, you guys. So yay. Mm -hmm. Yay for me. I'm happy that you have something. Everything that I'm going to spew is going to probably taste much like Nell's fish loaves. More than likely. I appreciate be, that. Yeah. It's because just... I still remember your haunting chuckles. From the faux scene, so I expect nothing but negativity from you. Where he's concerned to balance out those Constantine chuckles that you let out that scarred me so deeply. But you did say nervous breakdown. The snack only just came out at the time we're recording this, so who's to say if anyone has your back on that? But this might be, I guess, the afterwave of the delirium from Sunday. Just negativity. It's the only thing that I could do with what I got. I almost said the line that Barbara said. You can put a wig on. Is that it? You could put a wig on it, but it's still... So are you Sue from Glee? But that meme, I'm going to create an environment yes, that is so, so toxic. toxic. Oh, no, God. well, I mean, oh, I did dear. create this. Jesus Cristo Villanelle, pray for me. Oh, yes. In the snack. Please, oh, please, lift me up to the place where, where I for deserve me. to blow. I'm praying for me. You're bringing in toxicity. I'm bracing oh, myself. Yes. The prayers from mm. Jesus Cristo Villanelle are for me. Oh, the, oh Prima well. clown mm. numero uno. They may be Candice. necessary. I mean, I, some of the things I may spout could be coming from uh, just a place of hurt. But more of it, I feel, is just stuff that's currently... Effie, we all got pain. Right. Most we of it, all got pain, Effie. Most of it is going to just be just current, irrefutable facts that we can't wrestle away from. Mm. And those... We will be looking towards the series to maybe answer some of these questions or ignore them completely and just add it to the drawer of other unresolved things because 
welcome to surrealism, you know? Like, there's just more. Surrealism has been around for quite some time. Surrealism, as we are now seeing on Killing Eve, not so much. Well, I guess we should just get this snack show on the road and head over to the first segment. Yes, let's head over to Corrections. Pew, pew, pew. It's the correction segment. Wow, did we totally fuck that up? Did we? I mean, I hope that did. did I think we did. We? Yeah. And this is why we have snack episodes. Oh, wow. Corrections were here. And it's really just me once again. And I'm not even going to go through and unfurl my entire scroll of corrections. Those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a little while know how many corrections I have. And I hope that you have been mourning for me, with me. But of the ones I will mention today, first up is me having to acknowledge once and for all, because the show refuses to let it drop, is that Eve Pilastri apparently does have a fucking job. She has one. She's employed. She is at a place in which they give you money for doing stuff. And Eve has been so lucky to not have to really do anything to earn this money. I guess I'll say that is her misandry privileges in this world. I don't know what to make of it. But her job is real. And so is the money she spends. And so I need to get on the right side of life and what Lauda is telling me and just admit these truths to myself. Because apparently all kinds of time could have passed and happened in between the break. And so Eve had an opportunity to get her life together and become somehow an employable person who, even though they don't show up to work, still gets paid. So I concede that correction, Eve has a job. She has a job. She has petty cash. Well, yes, that's, that's a valid correction to announce. But at the same time, the pen behind the episodes, they're not making that job a priority for us, the watchers, to really hammer in that it's a real thing, that it really does exist. And so I could see how it could read and feel like she doesn't have a job, especially since we've seen her without a job for basically an entire season. That's not true, because it sounds like you're talking about Series 3, but they told us Eve was allegedly employed in Series 3. She was employed at the beginning of Series 3 by her relative in the restaurant. And then she was at the Bitter Pill, leaving her dirty underwears and sleeping on the couch eventually. So that's what it is. And it's not even an issue of do we see her at work? Eve has never been preoccupied with her job. The entire time we've seen her in Killing Eve, she's been preoccupied with women killers, and in particular Villanelle. So me seeing Eve fuck off her job is not unusual or atypical. She's been doing it the entire time. Her keeping a job, considering she was fired for MI5 for doing what she wanted. She was fired by Carolyn for doing what she wanted. (laughs) That is just interesting that she's still doing what she wants and is able to retain employment at a place that also employs Fojifari. It's very weird, but I'm conceding. I'm conceding to the job because they keep saying it. She has new earrings and body cons. So... She is making money somehow, and apparently it's not in between Carolyn's sheets. Have to let it go. Which brings me to my next correction, which is that Eve is not fucking Carolyn to pay rent or to barter info. Neither! I said, what? We're taking money from folk, but we're not taking any from Carolyn. I mean, it's sad because she did offer. She offered. She said reality. She said she had disposable income and nothing to spend it on and in that moment you know you could have just been like well you know i could use an upgrade but no that's not where 
Eve is mentally. Eve likes to be employed by men. So that's what I've decided is what Lauda is telling me, that Eve prefers to be employed by men. I don't have any other reasons. Eve is not working for some security firm that we know for a fact is run by some badass bitch. And she certainly isn't partnered with a badass bitch. So these are the depressive conclusions that I must come to about Eve Plastry. And perhaps it all ties into a later muse that I have. But it is what it is. I'm simply acknowledging the facts that Laura Neal has put in my fucking face. Oof, that's a fair correction. It's an L for me because I would have gladly enjoyed. It's an L for us all. Mm. We all would have enjoyed. Even Carolyn knock, knock, knock in the boots. <laughs> but we'll get none of it. And so the third correction I'll mention today is something I already said in the snack. Just true. I thought Villanelle could be spinning with May, with anyone else but herself. You suggested that she was indeed spinning with herself, and she was. She was. Well, yeah. But at the same time, technically she was. Well, we don't know if May was spinning. But May, if May was, was off in the clearing. Well, yes, she was <laughs> she in was the clearing. She was spinning by herself. She was it was spinning? happening no, at the same no. time. Just stop. I don't know why you're trying to not make this a correction. It is what it is. But they were both in the I clearing said in the together. Line, I said in the snack, literally the shot we were talking about was Villanelle holding hands. No, no, I know. So I don't know why. I know. You are trying when it won't work. Villanelle was holding hands with herself and spinning yeah. with herself. So that is what happened. You were correct. And at least it was mostly enjoyable. I believe I said it was both wholesome and absurd because it was those two things. And there it is. I couldn't have predicted it. I did not think Lauda was all about that surrealist life, but she is. And Villanelle was fucking spinning with herself. <sighs> Another one bites the dust. And that's just my muses, you guys. Well, I have to slide one in there, even though it wasn't written I bet you just made this up. Just you want to fit in with Uh, Candace's dead, (laughs) dead predictions. There was no Pam in episode two. Zero. Doesn't the preview count? Because she was in a preview. (laughs) <laughs> she was <laughs> I feel like the PV counts we saw a picture of Pam she was there she didn't have much to do but she was there her essence her vapors I am rejecting your correction I'm throwing it in the trash <laughs> and I'm adding my own new correction which is that May is not a nice girl I said just an episode ago snack episode ago that May you know was somebody I was looking forward to her getting to know Villanelle until I got to know more about May in episode 2 and I retract my statement that May is a nice gal I do not believe she's a nice girl anymore and I believe mm. I know why she has no friends because the way you flip on a bitch you mm. can't say you in love with somebody that you love somebody, platonically or otherwise, that you care about somebody, platonically or otherwise, and then say what you say if you are May at the end of the episode. It was fucked up. That was bad feels. I mean, oof. And now she's probably gone to ground without an O. And that's her daddy's fault. fault. (laughs) That's her daddy's fault. That's what happens when you are not walking the path of misandry and you're walking some other path. And now you have gone to the earth. You've returned to the big cloister in the sky or down below, depending on what's happening there. And for what? All you got was felt up potentially by Villanelle and probably not even that. (sighs) That's me with my fingers crossed for Villanelle, but maybe Mm. she's being a true lady. And honestly, I think with what was happening, May did the feeling up. She was the one that was like, what's this? (laughs) My bad. Sorry, I was (laughs) trying to adjust your sweater. Uh, We want to make sure that this robe fits just right, so just got to take your measurements. Mm -hmm. I guess that was one of my victories, was I did say that both May and her daddy would be Villanelle's victims. I predicted that from the jump once I knew she was in the cloister with these people. And so I guess I was right about that being done with the church after two episodes. But whatever. Whatever! 
I still had to listen to May and the vicar and horrible Barbara. Oh, Barbara. And all those random people that were like, yeah, in the back. Just be assholes, be bullies to Villanelle. Yeah. It's all in the past. Like, I was like, are you kidding me? It's all in the, you just yada, yada, like murder like that. I mean, I just feel like that puts the whole ministry, air quotes, into question. But I'll save that for amuse. But that's all for this week. I feel like I've done enough corrections. Naturally, there are more. But as I feel more inflamed or embarrassed by them, I will bring them up to you guys in the snack. Or I'm sure you'll bring them up to me. You'll be like, Candace, remember that time you said this? It didn't come true. So, great. I'm done. I'm done for now. Uh, all right. Corrections is done. And we're going to head to Revelations. Killing Eve. Revelations. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, did that really just fucking happen? I'm dead. All right, it looks like first up in Killing Eve Revelations is a little video, BTS video, that was posted by the Killing Eve account on March 5th. And the tweet is entitled, Which Killing Eve location has been your favorite? And let's see what is said. That was the first place we shot a one in Tuscany. Italia. I remember just being so kind of overwhelmed by everything and it was all very, very new and everything was very Charlotte! Charlotte had some great fits that season. It was so beautiful and it just felt huge, you know? For me, I love shooting in Berlin. There's something about that time in Berlin I thought that was really, really great. And you were also out clubbing every night. It's true. That's Sandra, I'll go, Oh dear. But ever since we saw that video that is now the meme of Sandra at some industry party doing the hands. Oh, it's in the comments! <laughs> it's in the fucking comments. Let's relive. <laughs> it is time for the percolator. Uh, Go ahead and percolate, Sandra O. There are signs of people who have been in the club. Some club for hours where you just vibing because you love the beat, the bass, the house, the trap, whatever it is that you're into, drum and bass. And there's a look because there's a thing that you do in a club where it's like 4 or 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. And you're too tired to go all out the way you were doing at maybe 2 or 3 a.m. But you're not ready to fucking stop dancing and go home. And so you end up doing something else akin to what a Sandra O was doing a little mm-hmm. bit. Or you just wasted face in doing that, that dance. <laughs> so I do feel like of the one cast member that I would wonder who went to the club in Germany because Berlin has some excellent fucking clubs. Shout out to you Germans. It would be Sandra O. She's the only one I know that can go. <laughs> ns, ns, ns. She's the only fucking one. Well, that was a cute video. I agree. The Tuscany, I mean, outside of just being a beautiful part of Italy, that anyone should visit if they just like to look at pretty landscapes and watch the sunrise or something like that with a loved one. But it's just one of my favorite locations for nostalgia. That is one of the locations we did for our hoodies. We did Tuscany for Villanelle. Love that sea green, bluish green. Yeah. Blouse that she's wearing, eating the cracker, the motorcycle. Oh, all of it's so lovely. So, yeah. I'm with Jody on that choice. But also Sandra. Because right, of the I'm clubbing. with both of them. No, right. It's equal. Yeah. All right. And our next revelation is uh, another tweet from the official Twitter account, which is titled, We've got Villanelle desperately trying to head towards the light. And Eve desperately heading towards the darkness. And it's a short video. Oh, right. It's it's another BTS video. And we won't play that whole thing. But there were some quotes of note. 
including the quote in the tweet, we've got Villanelle desperately trying to head towards the light and Eve desperately heading towards the darkness. The fuck does that mean? Why is Villanelle trying to head towards the light? And what light? What is the light? I, I just, I what just... does the light look like? Please, please. I mean, that's not according the... to Loud and Neil. Well, no. that is apparently are... light is in a church. Now, I didn't say that. That's not what I would have said. That is not what I wrote in my spec script for series four, but it is what is being told to us. So one quote that stood out, and we've definitely heard a piece of this, from Sandra Oh and another piece of thing that they edited together, and Lauda says some shit about Eve Pilastri, and I'll play it first before I comment. Eve has decided that she wants revenge, pure and simple. It's like she's been affected by spending so much time with Villanelle, revenge, and now she's taken on some of her traits in a way. Ah, let's stop it there. Let's hmm. stop it there, Lauda. So Sandra O oh says decisiveness in action, decisiveness for the knob hopping and avoidance of the gay. Because I just, I'm trying to figure out how Lauda says this and she talks about Villanelle's impression on Eve as if that impression is not also carnal. You know, like the impression is not just the murder. The impression is not just the outfits. The impression is also the misandry. The impression is also the sapphic jaunt. And why are they saying these things when it seems like Eve has been very decisive about everything that we don't want? Outside of no, the no. Dark Eve Rising, she's been decisive about rejecting Villanelle. Yep. Why? Decisive about having whatever the fuck this is before Jafari. Again, why? And the only thing that makes sense to me as a thread from series three to right now is her decisiveness against the 12 and wanting to get revenge because that's been what she's wanted since series one. But this is the Eve that we're given. This is the Eve that they want us to... Basically, I don't want to say, like, tolerate. Like, is this a growing pains? Is this the cocoon phase? Is this Eve in her final form? What is this package that we're being presented? Yeah, I don't know. Eve continues to evolve, de-evolve this season. And TBD on where she's going, I surely couldn't tell you now. Yeah, so a quick quote from Lauren Neal about what she's trying to do for Series 4. It's been a real challenge to pick up the lead writer buttons for Season 4 because I feel the weight of responsibility. I want to do the best by our characters, the best by our story, the best for the end of the show. Yeah, girl, TBD. Everyone says you are incredibly gutsy with how you see things. We know that you did incredible things in Series 3, but it's... Right now, it's not giving. No, it's not giving, Lauda. It is not. And I just need to be upfront about my experience so far watching Killing Eve. So many things are just up in the air. Details, it's like they don't matter. They're like, grab whatever details you want and invent them, Candace. And we're fine <laughs> as a show to let you do that because we'll never fill in the blanks. And this final statement from Sandra O oh about working on the show. Let's take a quick listen to what she had to say. This is the last series. Even Villanelle's relationship gets deeper. Hopefully we've been able to wrap up the season in a way that will be satisfying for the fans where it's like, this is how far they've come. And the end is, sorry. Yeah, so. Uh, <sighs> Me too, Sandra. That's really what I have to say there. Me too. But I'm feeling so uneasy. I'm feeling on quicksand, ma'am. You said you didn't see Faux Jafari as a love interest, but everyone else sees it. I saw mm -hmm. more than one review in this past week that referred to him as your romantic partner, romantic interest, mm. literal love interest. And I understand if you are anticipating the scorn of your fans, of the Killing Eve fans, who are Villain Eve shippers. But ma'am, the script is what the script is truth and i don't know where in heterosexual world two heterosexually acting people fucking each other 
are living in the same place. They're waking up together. They're going to sleep together. They're having multiple meals together. They don't seem to have conversations with other people who aren't each other. True. Um, it's looking a lot like dating. It's looking a lot like love interest. And it's even looking like obsession because there's nothing else for you to do, foe. There's no one else for you to see, foe. I've yet to see cool. that individual interact with Eve doesn't any have a role character. It's, it's only Eve. That's the only person that this character has interacted with on screen. And maybe that's, that is by design, obviously. But That's obviously by design. <laughs> and I'm not saying that I need to see Foe interact with other people. But they've also done nothing. There's no pictures. There's no anything. Because we don't see a room or any living space of his. There's no personality outside of his extremely flat, extremely dry, rice cake personality, flavorless, spiceless personality that he has on display. So that is where we are with that. Anyways, let us head on to the next revelation, which is... Oh, I see it's just a tweet from Killing Eve saying that new music from Unloved is available and they give a link to a soundtrack and... It looks like you can access that on any of the major streaming services. Apple Music, Spotify, Google. Mm, not bad. Not bad. Dare or truth. Can it be both? <laughs> Unloved? Can it be both? It's what we deserve. Looks like this playlist has all of the tracks from their most recent release and a bunch of other ones. If you just feel like you're in a Killing Eve mood, Unloved mood fucking throw on this playlist cool well the next revelation comes from the official account and it reads as villanelles come so far it's bts footage of the writers and the actors talking about villanelle's journey villanelle has come so far but has she also at the same time i'm not sure yeah there was just a couple quotes we wanted to highlight from that interview i feel like it kind of opens up with a non-truth from louder considering how she wrote the fucking episode and who she cast and what was going on but well. let's take a listen villanelle's journey throughout the series is about her trying to change herself for the better she's found this sort of like welcoming, welcoming? community and she really? has inserted herself into it really? in an attempt to kind of learn from these good, good. people all around really her. being villanelle that's not really? gonna quite work out the way <laughs> she thinks it's gonna work are we out. sure louder because i don't think we are so sandra O oh says something about villanelle and eve's characterization that really struck me as odd as fuck and i'll be curious to see what you listeners think about it and calls to you, Mr. Pilastri. But it's it's an interesting thing she says about even Villanelle, I think. Some of the things that I think Villanelle has been searching for has been a certain type of humanity, humanity. a certain type of possibility of humanity, which I think Eve just embodies naturally. Now that! Uh, right. It's this use of humanity. What does it mean to you? Hmm. Well, when I think of the phrase humanity, I think of, yes, someone being able to see something in someone worthiness seeing value yes there's almost a charity aspect to it but i don't really want to lean on that part of it but yes it's being the yes in a room full of no's so do you agree with sandra O oh, that eve embodies humanity i don't know if i love that descriptor but maybe that's what they're playing it as like underneath some of the like lines that they delivered to one another so i won't lean too much into i guess their process it's interesting to hear those characters describe that 
that way. Villanelle, to me, finding, what, a piece of humanity, what, within herself because Eve sees it? I'm not sure what humanity is supposed to mean here for some sort of catch-all. For what? And what is it a catch-all for? Humanity generally can mean outside of a collective term for all humans is the condition of being human, the shared lived experiences that all humans kind of have, what fear, loneliness, love, sadness, compassion, generosity, the human condition, I would imagine. But humanity, for the way Sandra Oh was saying it, I'm like, is that supposed to be akin to humane, to that kind of kindness or generosity or exceeding empathy that neither you as Eve or Jody as Villanelle have. I just, I'm not sure that I understand that there. I do believe that Eve's existence has led to a growth of a certain aspect of Villanelle's humanity mm. or how she experiences the world. But I do not agree that Eve Pilastri, who is not very generous, who is not very kind, who is not very patient, mm -hmm. unless maybe it's Villanelle. Where is she being that example for Villanelle? I, I, I just, oof. it's curious to consider the phrasing and how they described it, which is why I was hoping, is this like an undertone that's like being used like in your methods and would you interact with each other on screen? Because you do make valid points about, yes, if anything, we see the opposite of human behaviors when it comes to especially the two of you and together. I don't know. I didn't get much from it and it didn't ring true for Eve that she is, oh, her humanity, she embodies it. Eve embodies chaos. I was about to say the same Humanity. Eve that was turning up the at Gemma's house. The, this. I don't know where that's supposed to happen at. The same Eve that was going to push that that random dude onto the train tracks. This, the same. Well, that was Dark Eve Rising. But either way, Humanity and Eve Pilastri are not two words I would put side by side. But yeah, that was a cute video and some little tidbits and statements from Jody about playing Villanelle and bringing it all to an end. So if you haven't seen it already, check it out on the Killing Eve Twitter account. So that wraps up our revelation segment. And so it is time, one and all, for us to get into our musings. Since it's a little different this episode, it's thematic. The <laughs> music will change for the musing segment. All right, let's head over to musings from the graveyard. Let's do it. It's spooky. Spooky season. Bad things are happening because hey. we're in the bad place. But we are. I might be spooked out. <laughs> I might be shooketh, but I always still got vibes. And good music, honestly, if it's me. I'll be jamming out in the apocalypse. Listen. I don't ever have to worry about music if I'm okay. She, she's got me covered. All right, so we are officially in some musings for this episode. Wow. Boy, I boy, oh boy. Chaos, chaos, and shenanigans to go on, to happen, to proceed during this segment. Thoughts and prayers for you listeners and for us here yes. in the studio. Oof. All right, so why don't you start with your first news that. You recently shared about the time, the time scheme, the timeline, the time plot for Killing Eve. And tell the listeners what you've discovered. Yes, what I've discovered is a bit of time theft, as it were. <laughs> because what I initially walked into the studio needing to know how much time actually was passing. Passing or passed? Or has passed, yes. Uh. I had an issue with Killing Eve science or otherwise. 
Only because the missing hours was messing with my ability to interpret the sequence of revealed events. And so I went on a hunt to look for clues because different people kept coming up with very specific time frames. It went from a couple of months to like almost two years. That and was in the chat. Yes. Uh, first time we were doing a live for episode one. And so the lead I was given was a variety interview. And then I combed through the most recent one and they suddenly did appear. I at first was looking at the variety interview of just Sandra and Jody and I combed through that like three times. And I was like, aside from some giggling and whispering, there was no mention of an exact frame of time. But after the episode aired, they did a like a Zoom kind of interview where yes, um, I'm sure many clowns. Yes. Watched it. And sure enough, that's where the sauce, that's where the sauce was hiding the entire time. The sauce was there all along. Something interesting is that our two leads had different concepts of the frame of time. And they were working from those different concepts because that's... <laughs> well, why don't we first play the clip that you're talking about? Um, and in terms of how long it is, we reckon it's about this eight is Sally or nine talking. months. We never really counted. So Sally says like eight or that. nine months. I don't know how long, Sandra, in your head, how long do you think it had been? You know, I feel like obviously uh, the pandemic happened and is still happening. The show had a certain trajectory or I should say a certain end at one point and then the pandemic happened and then we pivoted. I just think that it really affected a lot. I know it affected me a lot and my approach to it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just, it needs, needed to be a, a, a good amount of time um for eve to gain all her skills <laughs> so she's so, trying to be realistic yeah. about gaining so, skills you know in my mind i kind of put it the same amount of time as so. since it, you know since the pandemic it, yeah the gap which was like the beginning of 2020 and here we are in 2022 2022 crazy yes. mm -hmm. and it makes you know, no sense sandra yeah well what i find interesting about um, you know, you ask it about the time jump as I think we all had different ideas of how long that time had been because I was like, I was thinking more like five, six months because I was like, she's, yes, she's committed to this, but there's no way she would last a year and a half in this church. Me too. I definitely couldn't see Villanelle in a cloister for fucking a year, but apparently. Well, there it is. It is three different answers, mm -hmm. three different perspectives, three different time scenarios so what of your discovery since this is your muse it's uh, will the real time jump please stand up ultimately i mean we can't say the answer is yes <laughs> to is it six months nine I mean, months or can. two years you can so, well, lauda can do that well, she's the showrunner well, you don't have to like it but she, she can, can do whatever she wants that is that is the truth does it do much to help with my concept of time not much not much when things are so not etched i mean yes you can blink and two years can fly by because it's a pandemic but is it a pandemic in the world of killing eve the answer we hope is no it doesn't seem like there are <laughs> elements or signs that a pandemic took place no one's mentioning it. Did everyone just move on from it if it did happen? Killing Eve obviously isn't in the pandemic. Are you asking that honestly? No. Or are you just, okay, because I think it's pretty clear they're not covering the pandemic. We saw BTS with the actors in protective gear, as one might expect, during a pandemic or a panorama. We did not see that in the show. There's the answer. Either you come back like Grey's Anatomy or SVU and bitches are wearing masks or you don't. 
And shows have chosen A or B. A, pandemic, acknowledgement, B, we don't care. Killing Eve is clearly in the B. But as for the actor's psyche, that's something else entirely. Like Jody said, oh, I have to get used to playing this bitch again because it's been years. So they all have different stuff in their head, as it were. And Lauda has not decided to specify. That is her choice to specify to the actors to say, this is exactly what I want in your head. But not every creative works that way. Not everyone feels they need to be that specific with their talent. You go all the way back in the day with a director like uh, Fellini, Italian director, he was infamous for not really being very specific with his actors. Sometimes he would go on set and be like, do it. And they'd be like, what? We don't have any lines. And he'd be like, say whatever. Say whatever the fuck you want. And we'll dub that shit later. Trust me, it'll work. And the actors many times would be like, oh, I'm feeling unsteady, but I'm also feeling wild and dangerous because I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. And then the movie would actually come together. And mm. so that is a tactic. That is a thing. I'm not saying everyone needs to be in the know to have a creative thing jaunt all the way forward, but it seems that Lauda has intentionally opted out of sharing that or sharing it in a way that is a mandate for the actors to listen to because otherwise, why is Sally like, I don't know, like eight or nine, several months, and Eve is like, oh, it's a panorama. So two years, probably. How else would Eve be this trained? Using her logic, and then Jody's like, four, five, six months at best because I don't know how Villanelle's staying in the cloister. So, you know, hashtag killing Eve science. That's all I have to say there. Well, here's hoping that the dub is magical here in this instance of the artists and the actors being able to just let loose with how they felt in the moments as they reshaped each scene going forward. But it was a rather nice find to get a grasp on time and it's... A grasp? The only grasp here is that there is nothing to grasp. Well, there is yeah. no grasp yeah. on time. Yeah, Time uh... isn't real, much like life. It is an illusion. It is a construct. Everything that has happened or will happen has already happened. It is happening right now. <laughs> so it is what it is. Yeah. So instead of looking for specific time things, perhaps you should just abandon the concept of time mattering altogether. And that is ultimately the result of this muse. Yes, that is a thousand percent correct, yes. Whew. Well, now that we've confirmed that time does not exist, would you like to take the floor with one of your musings? I suppose I'll do a sub-muse related to the time isn't real muse you just did, because why not? And questions do remain unanswered about this motherfucking show. So I believe we mentioned this somewhere in the live, in the recap, somewhere about the conflicting information from episode one to two. Yes. Where in episode one, we see a board and a deleted scene, Philanel's face for a number of months. She is parishioner of the month. Yes. That is what she is. She is there with some other random girl who is in another one of the photos. We noted that Barbara was never parishioner of the month <laughs> in the seven months that Villanelle appeared to have invented it, or rather Nell invented it, to then be the person who won a bunch of times. And then, of course, in episode two, when Villanelle is arguing with Barbara about how horrible the vicar is, and she brings up being parishioner of the week, not parishioner of the month, she says, I was parishioner of the week. And Barbara says, you invented it, that's why. So my muse here is, is this indication of the kind of connective tissue that we have seen in between episodes one and two indicative of the overall quality of connective tissue that we can expect throughout series four? Yeesh. Because it's looking flimsy. It's looking practically translucent. Eesh. It's not very connective. In fact, it's like the emperor's new clothes. Is it there at all? <laughs> Is there any <laughs> tissue connecting? Because I... Oh. This could be intentional, but I just can't help but assume it's kind of a mistake. Like, I just don't know how you have the onset things. Is that maybe why they deleted it? 
Is this the Starbucks oh, cup? Oh, no, 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 because it's not in there. Oh, you're right. What it I is just a deleted said was, moment. it's a deleted moment. And that could be why it's on the cutting room floor. Because if it's not actually in the show, they didn't actually fuck up. It's there for you to see that Villanelle has won this thing, but they don't forgot. They said month when they first made the set stuff and had Jody take the pictures. And then by the time they got to shooting episode two, actually, they probably didn't remember them. They probably didn't realize till post. Like they were putting the shows together and they're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, delete that fucking thing. <laughs> delete it. Yeah, we'll let the we'll let the people still see it, but we can't have it officially in the show. So it's not even a Starbucks cup because Starbucks cup was there. It was in that edit that aired. Everyone saw it who watched oh. it live. And then what HBO did was, and to their credit, they did it extremely fast. And I would expect nothing less from a production house channel broadcast company like HBO, which is to get your people on it immediately. Export a new edit that does not have the cup. It has been rotoscoped out after effects, whatever the fuck. And then you redo the file and no one ever sees the Starbucks cup again, which is exactly the case. So I can only imagine that you have that Starbucks cup if you downloaded an illegal copy of someone's original airing, because otherwise mm. you can't find that shit. Like Tyler Perry's episode of Boondocks. Where is it? <laughs> wow. Yeah. It got taken down officially, but you know, right. A few. I see what you're saying now. Yes. But yes. Back to the connective tissue and what <laughs> we could be looking at as far as how <laughs> things <laughs> are. <laughs> I mean, are we going to be sitting here like, was that the, I don't forgot the character's name, but I know it's played by Leonardo DiCaprio where he's sitting up and he's pointing at the TV screen like that image. Aviator? Is that the aviator meme? Uh, perhaps it's aviator where he's like, <gasps> it's like the thing where you notice the thing. Oh, you know what the meme is from? I just remembered. Once upon a time. And how? Oh, thank mm, you. Okay, because mm-hmm. yeah. yes. So is that going to be us every time? Like, there's a random uh, reference to something that previously happened in the series. What are we having? Shepherd's pie. Oh, oh, oh! Look, shepherd's pie. Like that's the thing. So are these the the connections that we will be just kind of pointing at to be like, oh, not to series one. Oh, not to series three. Oh, but yeah. And then it just puts, I guess, those who are looking more intently into things into an interesting spot because now we have to. Look look for the almosts as well to say that this almost feels like a thing when maybe they were going for the exact thing. So essentially, I barely mused on this muse, but what's there to say? I presented the facts as they were and you all can make of it as you wish. But I feel like this is Killing Eve, Sally, Lauda, anybody connected to the show when you ask them, what to go on? How much time has passed? Mm. They say this. The thing goes that's it that's it and you're like what did they say the gun goes it's like sally that's not words no they are candace (laughs) right oh man Mm. how much time has passed oh mm. Mm. Sally is that lady from the meme who was like, no more questions. Oh, right. Because she be doing it with a smile. She be doing it with... <laughs> well. <laughs> Next question. Yes. Just on the See, See ya. See ya. Right. Right. That's Killing Eve. Y'all, could you give us an indication of the time that's passed or when we might see the smash? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> See ya.
<laughs> that's that's what we're dealing with. Mm. It is. Well, we can move on to your next muse. <sighs> this was short and to the point, but the point I believe I made. Oh, you did. You has did. anyone else noticed the difference between portion of the week and portion of the month? Did it bother you? Did you care? Did you not notice? Let a bitch know. Uh, so this next muse, I guess I'll just call it mental filing. Well, ultimately, I just wonder, you know, how much of what we are seeing now is being overlooked because it's not congruent to the story that we've been told. Ultimately, from the moment when Eve was shot, the storyteller at the helm decided moments didn't need to be shown to the viewer. Like, they exercised their right to discretion. <laughs> Like, we've seen everything, every moment of Eve. We would see her at a bus stop, crack a glass. Like, um, we didn't need to this see that. Phoebe. They Emerald. showed us that. They, they gave that to us. Phoebe showed us that. Right. And Emerald showed us that. And the list is over. No, yeah. The, the, right, poom, the, poom. The, right, you don't know. <laughs> no, but seriously, that's ultimately my point, Sally. It's like those examples of like why utilizing these discretions can prove dangerous. Because what is it all for? Like a part of me still holds on to the belief that the Eve slap in your mind, series two, episode eight. Oh, in Italy. The coded dialogue around that action was the interruption being a kiss versus a slap. Especially that it's like, you know, it's like a care, like hiccups. And I'm like, hmm. Oh. Hmm. The slap was hard for me to take in series two, and I believe I said so just because I personally do not know where I would go forward if I slapped my lover across the face just, you know. Randomly. In Italy, sorry. I'm only trying <laughs> to slap the gluteus maximus. Do not have me slap a face unless we try to square up. And if we square it up, it's not a slap, Terrence. So I'm with you that Villanelle and Eve are on a different level, a different wave and vibe where pain is a communicative thing that they do. So you know what? Yes, we will go with a slap-ass kiss because that's how they see it. And that BTS for Variety, they basically told us that they'll show up to shoot and then last moment changes will get incorporated to something that felt right for the characters. But what about what feels right to the fandom? You know? Do you remember <laughs> oh, all What those... about you? What about me? <laughs> what, about what about us? us? What, what we gonna, gonna do? do? No, Toto, sure. help me sing. I don't know. We might have to channel the version of Total that jumped Wendy Williams. Oh, Lord. Oh, that was, <laughs> that was, that was raunchy. That was back when Hot 97 was doing stuff. Oh, well, that was a New York reference, by the way, for anyone who's not oh, American that, oh, or true. New Yorker, doesn't know who Total, the group is, or Wendy Williams. She has a pretty, like, Wendy Williams is a TV show host, although I know she's got sick and someone else is doing it, but she, her legend yes. in New York City proper, for people who grew up in New York City, it's something else entirely, mm. which includes things like Wendy Houston trying to square up. Right, and, so many people. And and right. Total trying to jump a bitch. So. She had, I, I feel like, I still feel like Puffy is the one that got her knocked off of the radio waves, but, you know. Who's mm. to say? Who a man to blame? To right. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, not to bring up traumatic with this fandom. As you bring but up traumatic. But do you remember when someone decided to include Killing Eve in the definition of queer baiting? In a, Ooh. Like the those were the dark internet? days of series two. Right. I do. But, but what if those naysayers were blessed with the sight? What if we find ourselves... In? No, no, no. What? what? No. Ew. Because I feel like we addressed the queer baiting in the simple sense that you can't queer bait with actual queer characters. That they cannot do. Villanelle is queer, and I don't care what Lauda or anyone else tries to say. You cannot take away Eve Palastri's queer. You but can say you don't know how to write it. You don't. Let me finish. Okay, I got you. You can say you don't know how to write it. You could say you don't know how to explore it. You cannot remove it. You cannot remove queerness from someone. So it is what it is. They can either be that show 
that does something decent come the end of the show with Eve's queerness, or they can be that show that gets heavily critiqued for what they didn't do with Eve's queerness and the aggressive heterosexuality that is unnecessary in the show. And that's not just said by the queers watching. It's the hats reviewing being like, oh, this shit with Fojafari is interesting. Right. It seems to come out of nowhere and it seems to be aggressive. Like they're hitting no, right. me over the head right. with the fact they're a couple and I didn't ask for any of this stuff. Right. So yes, I would not say that this show will ever cross into queer baiting. But I think there's plenty of other things, plenty of other standards, you know, that queer media should be held up to that Killing Eve, we'll have to see mm-hmm. how, we have to check the list, check it twice, see who was naughty and nice mm-hmm. in Killing Eve because there, of course there's always things to scrutinize. There's always things to be like, we could have handled that better. And it's very rarely that you have a show that's like, I have nothing that I would do differently. Even Six Feet Under, which is one of my favorites, with how it ended. Alan Ball has stuff he would do differently about that final episode, even though everyone who saw it is like, this is the most perfect episode. So that being said, will I have energy for Killing Eve if they do not (laughs) do anything especially queer with Eve? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, We just, we have the years of people writing in and saying, in the same way they did when people wrote in about Ann Walker, when you have those characters that appear in media that are the slow burning queers Mm -hmm. or the late life queers where, oh, I didn't even know the drama was inside me. And those characters are important. They're valid. There are real people out there like that. And so you can't just decide it's not real just because you don't know how to write some shit. Because that's what I would say. That's what I would say. Right. And I appreciate you saying that. That's where I'm at with that. I will never say Killing Eve is a queer baiting show. But could they do right by the quiz even more so? Absolutely. Another point of note, outside of erasing potentially Eve's queerness with things like knob hopping is Maria. And so I hope that they thought about that shit because we certainly have stuff to say. Other people have stuff to say. Maria shows in one episode she's never heard from or seen again, but you guys got her in the pride advertisements right, that was whack it was, that was trifling it was because we not only did not get eve but you said maria who we know nothing about and so i hope maria potentially as it looks like she will be showing up in episode three is them trying to fix some of the nonsense they did that came off as very gimmicky and tropey but then when you're also trying to hold it up as something for the gays it's like oh uh-oh wow don't hold up a trope for the gays don't do that it's very reminiscent of like the swan queen drama Sir. and then having Sir. Alice in Wonderland have a no-name partner (sighs) when you could have just gave me two Disney characters that are known with fables and had them both be gay. I'm sorry to just step back into that space. Are you sorry? You randomly put things in the chat where you're like, here's this image or this gift from fucking Once Upon a Time. I'm like, Terrence, why? It's because you're still in the throes. Whatever. Will somebody write to Terrence? Who is still into the Once Upon a Time fandom? Will someone please share their tears and their dreams with Terrence Palastri? He needs you. I'm I am affected, <laughs> but I'm gonna try to get my bearings. So ultimately, me just thinking about getting a handle on what series four is with these characters. Episode one, episode two. This is like a rockier start. The way it feels to me. Mm. After the pandemic, maybe. But even in relation to series three, when they decided to off Kenny episode one, this feels rockier. We don't have a main character death yet. So it's like, and I think those feelings are coming from basically being cut off at every pass and being told, don't worry about it when it comes to fleshing out what happened in the missing hours. And we had missing months. We were told they were missing months last go round. And we said they didn't need to do that. And now we have a question mark time period that has passed here in front of us and I still don't know what is what. Gosh, I mean, episode two, 
of series three, that was management sucks, right? It was the clown, yes. clown yes. Villanelle. You know, it's hard to say because I feel like in that episode, there were some things that just didn't quite make sense. Like what they had with Villanelle and mm -hmm. Felix, who I like, R.P. Felix, wish we could bring you back to the show. You know, just a misfit group of queers that are murdering people. Why Why can't that right. show why, exist? Why I don't need right. to be taught any lessons about finding the light with those queers. They just need to be allowed to behave badly. But yeah, management sucks had Felix and the clown and Dasha. Had drunk Eve. Wasn't the baby, was the baby in there? Is this the baby When did we throw the baby? No, I think no the, the baby's, baby's later. later. Yeah. The baby's later. This is the clown. This... We're going to the party. Felix gets murked when it was his first kill. And it's like, mm -hmm. my God. And Ellen, is she still broken up? over that because she shortly recruited Felix and sent oh, him I'm down sure to Villanelle did, right? just to have him go down. But yeah, I will say that this episode two feels worse than series two or series three just because like Foe is in it. And while I no longer feel like Eve is regressing and that goes to a later muse about what's happening with Foe, I simply don't like it. And so I at least hope that Louder and the writers and whoever else is responsible for this series is not under the false impression that we want this, that we like this, or that we're enjoying ourselves. And that eventually they decide to let a bitch enjoy herself. That eventually they get off what they want to do and give me something that I want. That's all. Because I feel like that's fair. No, it is Why fair. am I watching a show if not to also have fun in the ways? And so, yeah, that's where I'm at. I see why the doom and gloom is here, but it really all connects to Foe for me. Not just the storylines or the missing time and all that, but Foe Jafari. If he wasn't in the show, like I mused last snack, I wouldn't be nearly as annoyed with what's happening as I am right now. I still imagine if that was, you're right. Let Foe have been a female character. Just playing the same position, being all the same things that they're being to Eve. Yeah, I, I would I would feel less, you know, anxious about everything that's going down. Because right now it seems that people are straying further from the light. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, I That's guess one way to look at it. Yeah, they're straying away from Sappho's will for sure. So is that the end of your muse? I, you know, like, what I will, I will wrap it there. But ultimately, it's just like I said. It's funny how a certain storytellers are keeping things from those who are invested in the story, and it's hard because it's like saying that you want people to stay tuned to what you're about to do without telling people what you're doing. You're like you have to give something. Maybe they feel like they've given enough to ask for our patience. And that might be at least partially true. But my patience was used a bit in series three. Mm -hmm. And so I think they have less goodwill to work with because of what Suzanne left people with in a lot of ways. And, you know, whether you're looking at what the hats are saying or what the queers are saying, they're not saying the same thing, they're but not. no one's actually happy. That so that is something that I hope is figured out, that they make somebody happy. And may it not be the hats, they get everything. So let it be the gays at the very least. But I do think that's problematic for a show. But mm -hmm. nobody is having any fun. I saw in your little musing paper it said <laughs> you were like, it's giving Game of Thrones. And I was like, please let it not give. People have been saying that for weeks. We do not want it to give Game of Thrones. We do not want it to give Walking Dead. We do not want it to give Dexter. We do not want it to give any of those shows that were flying high in the sky for media and love and adoration from watches across the world just to crash into hell. And remain there, unwatched, unrewatched, until in some cases, people are like, can we try again? Can y'all let us try again? Case in point, HBO with their prequels. Another case in point, right. Showtime with Dexter coming back around. That's Another true. case in point, there's literally shows trying to be like, can we just, so well, we fucked that up. Off? We fucked it up. Maggie but, and Negan, no, no, you're right. You are right. I'm just saying, it's usually impossible though <laughs> to, to get that shit back, but people will fucking try. But yeah, that wraps up that, that news for me. All righty. Uh, 
Okay, I was thinking I would go with another baby muse, but I think I will just get into what is probably my magnus opus muse, my biggest and most important muse, my most world-altering muse for myself oh. and potentially listeners. I don't know, but it's important for me when it comes to dealing with the show, trying to understand Eve Palastri, one half of my favorite duo of ladies, and me trying to make sense of the stuff given to us by extremely competent people that we know care about the show and love the characters. So I was like, Candace, muse, ruminate, think about foe. Why foe? Why is a foe? What is a foe? Who is a foe? And I ultimately arrived to an answer for myself that started with me musing about how many times Eve has stared at Villanelle's face on the church website. That was a general question I was going to pose as a muse. And then I mused upon it myself because my answer is probably every day, even if it's just a little part of the day. Like when sneakerheads from New York City check the Nike or sneakers app uselessly, <laughs> knowing that you definitely won't get those Jordans. You definitely won't get those shoes that are for the draw today, but you check anyway because you just want to see what's right. going on. Maybe it might be your day. And until we get different information, potentially from the thespians or the writers of the show, my headcanon right now is that Eve checked that website fairly frequently, and I would say daily. Generally in private, like how we saw. Okay. That she's not going to do it when foe is there to be judgmental or in her business, and I don't even think she wants to admit out loud, thusly, in front of someone else that she is still concerned with Villanelle the way we know she is. But why else are you on a website? And there was no reason for her to check in that moment, in that day, among the many time jumps that happen from episode to episode. She was just doing it. And so for right now, I'm going to take that as a cue that the writers put that in there as an indication that she's done this before. In the same way they let us know that Villanelle wrote her before, mm -hmm. sent her previous invitations, potentially letters, postcards. We know Villanelle likes to write a letter. She likes to send a postcard, even though Carolyn stole some of the most artistic ones that she sent from Amsterdam. It's still what she does. And so Eve, having known that she's been in the cloister at this church for months, would be checking up and probably got annoyed month to month. Like, not you, the <laughs> of the month, bitch, yeah. slash week. How? Ultimately, you believe that Villanelle checking up or writing to Eve is a constant thing that has kept happening even though we've only seen it the one time. How he gave that letter and was like, oh, but this one feels anthraxy. That action reeks of habit that Villanelle kept writing. And then when we saw Eve casually looking at the images and stuff from like the church website, that could read as a habit that Eve is just keeping an eye on Villanelle. But in her way, even if she's not letting Villanelle know she's doing it, she's... Right. She well, because is. in this way, it doesn't give Villanelle any pleasure. Right. She doesn't know Eve is checking up on her, and she's still in the thought that Eve doesn't give a damn, let alone believe that she's actually walking the Christian walk. So with the muse starting off that way, I thought to myself, what is this action that Eve potentially has done, and how would I quantify that for her? So when I really started to think about Eve potentially looking at this website, but then the other part of Eve that we have seen actively deny Villanelle she slapped a bitch across the verse, the universe, from the other side of the verse. It was unbelievable. I'm still not over it. And so one could say that that lies in contrast as a type of dichotomy between the Eve in the hotel room, looking up Villanelle pictures, implying care, concern, at the very least, curiosity. And none of that is present when Villanelle's in front of her face. No visible care, no visible concern, no visible curiosity. Yeah. She doesn't even have the time. And so what is that about? I have decided that this ties into Eve's overall 
character, as far as I see it being developed from series one to right now, where she has a number of things that toe the line or directly directly in line with masochism, masochistic behavior. And that is to say, inviting pain into your life, inviting chaos and destruction because Mm. you enjoy it Mm. to a sense. And when we think back on Eve in series one, stabbing herself in the leg, when we think about Eve in series two, cutting herself with the razor on her lip, Damn right. you, Emerald. That's the right. one thing besides Force Dina mad about. I'm gonna besides kill you. It's the scar. The fact that the scar healed mm-hmm. outside of Force Dean, that's Emerald's next biggest, like, where the redacted files, ma'am. We need the photos. Mm-hmm. We need Villanelle looking. But we have seen this as a repeated concept for Eve, is what I'm saying, that something painful happens and she fucking enjoys it. To series four, where we are in this last episode, where Eve is getting third degree burned on her hand and the face she's giving is not saying call the fire department call the ER (laughs) rush the ambulance I need some burn butters because it hurts no it's saying something else so if I go with this train of thought which I did that Eve is into punishing herself causing herself pain I thought what if foe as he is is another form of Eve's masochism And she is punishing herself, in a way, as an accelerated response to what has happened and what hasn't happened with Villanelle. Okay, I think I I see what's being crafted here. And that's not to say that Eve doing this is a conscious behavior. It could be, and perhaps is on some level, but I do think a lot of it is subconscious because she appears to be completely in denial about what's happening with Villanelle. And maybe a bitch is so shell-shocked by not getting the O or getting the O. Either way, she is fucked up. Right. And she has decided to compartmentalize Villanelle into this little fucking box that she puts somewhere. She's capable of doing that and then ignores everything else. And in that ignoring, in that delusion, springs up this lifestyle where apparently a bitch especially has no fucks to give. She really doesn't give a damn about danger. And she's like, yeah, I could die tomorrow. And so what? Mm -hmm. Because that is how they introduce us to Eve Pilastri of series four is that she's shooting Constantine in the hand. She's riding up in a Ducati. People are telling her this is dangerous, girl. You could die. And she's saying, bring it on. Good. Good. I don't care. I'll start the fire. So that to me is indicative of a state of mind for Eve Pilastri. And I wouldn't call it a safe or stable state of mind for anyone, especially not a one Eve Pilastri. So foe, foe, who Eve has confirmed on screen is bad in bed, right? right? We've had this confirmed multiple times for some odd reason. And so I'm like, how is this not a form of masochism? How is this not a form of punishment? You are literally constantly dragging and insulting the person you choose to sleep with night to night. I don't believe you feel good about yourself when you sleep with foe. I don't think you feel good about anything you really do with foe, which is why you couldn't stand to have him pay for dinner. You don't want him thinking he could buy you gifts. You don't want him <laughs> thinking that you could take trips together even though you guys did just go to Paris. Okay. You don't want him thinking he could spend the night even though he did spend the night because you ultimately don't like any of it. But if this behavior is a self-punishing behavior, what better way to punish thine self than to deny yourself? A sapphic O and to be with what appears to be the most boring man to ever be on Killing Eve. And that is a statement, you guys. That is. He's more boring than Frank. And you know why? Because Frank had a personality. Sure did. Frank had a personality. You got a feeling about fucking Frank. He was creepy. A unique kind of creepy, but we felt like we knew something about Frank. And ultimately, we had Frank for how many episodes? Two, three? Yeah, most really. Right, right. So if I extend this muse out, which I did, that Eve's delusions 
which is, I'm over it. I'm yeah. about the 12. It's like a type of power. She feels like she has this power. And I think that's ultimately because from what we've seen from Eve and Villanelle, that she felt like she had no power with Villanelle. Every time we saw Villanelle come up in the scene prior to series four, Eve was putty. Yes. Villanelle shows up in her fucking crib and the girl just runs. It's time for new underwear. Like she is in time. her kitchen getting undressed. Villanelle's looking her up and down. And she's like, my God. You have a beautiful body. What the fuck? Villanelle hems her up at the fridge. And she tries to be tough for a second, but she just melts. Especially after Villanelle takes the sniff. And she's like, bitch, mm. what the fuck? Mm. We see her in series two. The infamous veil, which I have my own veil for my morning for the next live. But come on. If... <laughs> Villanelle comes to her door looking the best she ever did. Mm -hmm. Up until that point, certainly to Eve's eyes. She has the fucking veil on and she's like, would you like to frisk me? And what does Eve do? What's, What's the, the boy? <laughs> Eeyore. She's a mess. What's Eve do as she taking the pills with her little tears in her eyes listening to Villanelle? What's Eve do when Villanelle hems her up against the sink with that curvy knife? What does she say? Villanelle says, will you give me everything I want? What does Eve say? Yes. Right. And these were the things that were giving the fans and watchers of Killing Eve renewed arguments about Eve being the bottom. They're like, but look at her. But look at her in the scenes. Every single time Villanelle is here, she fucking loses her shit. And so in order for an Eve not to lose her shit around a Villanelle, in order for Eve to say to herself, I have some degree of control, she has to close everything off to Villanelle. She can't have a little piece. A little piece. Because the little piece, she thought she had just a little piece when Villanelle was at the safe house. And look what that turned oh, out to. See? Yeah. A filled voicemail. Yep. Villanelle, I'm just calling to see, just checking in, making sure you're okay. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> hey, Villanelle, I know it's been 20 minutes, but I just, you know, just want to make sure you're not stabbed on the side of the road. So that same Eve that other people called Colt in series two was also the same Eve that told Martin, no, she can't take care of herself. No, I have to be there to protect her. And so if we think about Eve, and this is a side point, but if we think about Eve and her intention with Villanelle, what would you say? I would say that Eve's intentions have been defined by herself to help Villanelle, to protect Villanelle, to know everything about Villanelle psychologically and carnally, Ooh, well. which of course <laughs> includes to fuck Villanelle. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And lastly, to catch, detain, retain, just keep Villanelle. All for herself and pretend it's for the law or for justice, possibly when it's really just for her. For Sappho, for her loins. <laughs> but that's it. That's it. I have seen people speculate somewhere that Eve has wanted Villanelle to change. And I submit to you, sir, can you think of an episode or series where Eve was telling Villanelle to change or expressing that she wanted her to change? Um, series one? No. In fact, in series one... She basically told Carolyn, oh, if she's doing all of this, then, I mean, what do we she care? She's not killing me, right. so. What, right. what do we care? That's what That was Eve, without even meeting Villanelle, going. That was her attitude towards her. So it wasn't about she needs to change. Nothing. If anything, she wanted In series two, was she trying to change a bitch? Or was she two, trying to utilize a bitch's skills well, for her right, own ends? Right. right. She, and in series she three. She needed to see her again, so she put a hit out on herself, just so she could be in and the same space as And this was to catch her. another woman killer. Right. And series three, is she looking for Villanelle to change? She wasn't even looking for a bitch. She was an alky in a shitty apartment. Not. So that occurred to me because I've seen this talking point in Killing Eve places. Oh, YouTube. Oh, Reddit, wherever. And I don't know where people are getting it from. Eve has never asked Villanelle to change. Never. By her perception, she thought 
Villanelle wanted her to change when the whole time Villanelle was like, I just see you fully and I would like you to see you. Which is why series two ended the way it did because right. Eve thought, oh, you trying to change me. You trying to manipulate me to be like you. I'm like you now. I'm not afraid uh, of anything. Afraid of anything. And Villanelle was like, hold on, hold up. You're talking too fast. That's not what I... Okay, I did manipulate. I did manipulate. But it was because I could see that we're the same. We're the same, right? Like, And Eve at that time was still thinking she was being changed versus being exposed. So that side tangent aside. As we go out from Fojifari and the masochistic behavior she seems to be inflicting on herself, but also how dark and how rude she's been to Villanelle. And so I'm like, what if to Eve, if hurting Villanelle hurts her? Because if we combine the two concepts, like I just said, she has to lock everything away for Villanelle because otherwise it's it's done. She's lost. Like she said on the bridge, when I think of my future, all All I I see see is is your face face over and over So in order for that not to be the case, bitch, I gotta put you in a fucking box. I have to put you over here. I have to put it deep down. And I don't think Eve would have been able to do that if Villanelle didn't let it happen. And of course, that perhaps coincides with Villanelle's own existential journey of self-purpose, discovery, rediscovery, new, whatever that she wants to do. But it's still real. It's still there. It was still a very open Eve on the bridge. And Villanelle, who had the power because she was asking, Villanelle could have said, you can't make it go away. We're stuck with each other. And Eve probably have been like, all right. But she said, I'll tell you how. I'll tell you how to make a stop, girl. Turn around. Turn around. And walk away. And it literally did nothing for either of you. Clearly, you're in worse positions than you were emotionally. I mean, look at how Eve is slumming it with foe. And Villanelle, you've never been more confused. I was going to say, would it be better for Eve or worse for Eve if that box she's trying to put Villanelle in is like see-through? Where Villanelle's still there, even though like she's trying to not have her be like this forefront thought. Because she's trying to focus. It, like, she she wants to operate. Like, she understands what she's doing it for at all times. Well, I suppose that depends on whether or not you believe that Eve thinks she'll get anything from Villanelle. And whatever that thing is that she wants. Whether it's just as simple as I'd like to put it, which is the O. Oh. Mm. Like, can we be fuck buddies and forever buddies forever? <laughs> Cardi B gif. But do you have an answer? I feel like Eve between series three and four is not in the same set like spot. In series three, are you still in touch with? No, I'm totally done with that. I'm totally done with her. End of story. I was going to say Nico. And it's like, so, you know, she was there with the ghost shoes on her face. She did have ghost shoes. Why should I want to be happy? Like, that was Eve. Like, she was already, right, mentally preparing herself for the torture. She was already in the apartment that was never getting clean. She was like... She was in ready the cut. to be wanted by the police together. <laughs> well, here's another aspect of the muse. So <laughs> we really don't know what the fuck Lauda or anyone else is going to say about this goddamn time jump. We now know that it's surrealism. <laughs> it's the world of Dolly for the fucking actors. They're like, we think what we think and what is reality? Who knows? TBD. So the bridge, right? Like the bridge, the bridge. It remains. <laughs> it remains this <laughs> big fucking question. But if we just go with what we know of the facts. Fact, Eve went on her continued quest, as she said she would, to find the 12 and eventually found another human who was willing to help her. That human was not Carolyn, it was not Villanelle, because evidently neither, at that time, were interested in helping a bitch. Right. We also know that Villanelle ends up in the cloister because Villanelle feels lost. Villanelle wants to feel that she's good, that she can be good, 
she wants to be redeemed. That's what people are saying. People are saying it. People are saying it. That's what they're trying to show us. So that's why I'm saying that. So here's some food for thought for you. If Villanelle, which it looks like she did, chose to go to the cloister instead of stalking Eve, living with Eve, fighting with Eve, whatever, anything with Eve, until she started sending her invitations about, look at me, I've changed. Is that not a firm rejection from Eve Pilastri's point of view of who she is? And perhaps more importantly, who she sees herself and we as the audience see her blossoming into. We've been talking about Dark Eve Rising. We've been talking about Eve shedding the skin and the paraphernalia of her heterosexual normal life. Get rid of the husband. Get rid of the job. Get rid right. of this shit. So when we come to the end of series three, the husband is gone. The job is gone. Mm -hmm. Any semblance of respect is gone as well as all of her clean underwear. Mm -hmm. She is here. She slow dance with Villanelle. Villanelle said, I've killed a lot of people. And a bitch response was, I, I know. know. She wasn't May. She didn't run. She didn't call you a devil. She didn't say you need to be saved. She says, yeah, you need to change. She didn't say anything like that. She didn't demand anything of Villanelle. All she said was, I know. I get it. And I'm still fucking with you anyway. I'm still here on this dance floor with you anyway. So all that stuff that made us emotional, that made us teary for the season finale, looking from Eve's perspective, how much must that hurt Terrence if she's honest with herself? That since series one, she has accused Villanelle. You want to change me? You want me to be different? You just want me to be like you? You want me to be cold? You want me to be chaotic? And then she gets to the end of series three and she's like, bitch, this is me. I actually want to be right. chaotic. I actually want to be cold and cruel. I actually want to have fun on the murder jaunt. So like all I can think about is you. And Villanelle says, I know how we stop it. Villanelle suddenly doesn't want that Eve. Now, I don't know what the writers are trying to say, but I'm just mm. saying, what do you think of that thought? Uh, that Eve is her most Eve at the end of series three. She is the most into the John. No, She's no, not yeah. fucking texting no. Nico anymore. Yeah. She's not delusional yeah. about it. Right. She's not hiding behind, uh, uh, you know... Proxy peen, like she's there's she's, no dick by right, proxy. And right. remember how thrilled and elated we were that she didn't sleep with Jamie. And oh, it's yeah. potentially the one decent thing where Eve, outside of the well, no, that was Lauda. So the one decent thing that Suzanne did do was because I was terrified of Eve hopping on a knob in series three. And Suzanne did not do that, which is why we thought we progressed past hopping the knob to where we are, which is why I'm here with my current muse about Eve's self-destructive, self-punishing behavior, which includes hopping back on a knob. Mm. Because she got to the place of, I don't have to just talk to this man and find a reason, find a way to hop on top. Because we know every guy would be like, come on, Eve! Who wouldn't? But right. it doesn't happen in series three. I feel like there's a projection, of course, to be had, but it's almost every single time where Eve thinks she's talking about Villanelle and ends up running and wrapping itself around her, Eve talking about herself, which I think is part of what makes Eve so fascinated with Villanelle because she sees these characteristics and they are being basically handled, executed, jumbled, but it's with grace and it's flawless. And it's like Eve stepping into what could be her true self. It's going to be awkward because it's her first time stepping in it. And so she's just trying to fast forward really past the awkward stage if she can, but it, it it's... But awkward for who? Because I don't even think it's awkward no. for Eve anymore. I think why she's so rude 
why she's so cold and callous and fuck it to Villanelle is partly, like I said, she has to throw all that shit in a box and not give any, not give a single inch or she'll fall to her knees like a nail, perhaps. And she can't have that go down not after she got signed on the bus and she's leveled up with her fucking Brazilian jiu-jitsu. What if, what if you said... Or whatever that, she's doing. What if she said to her, look, I know that you're going to be my forever, but I need to sew these oats first and no, then I'm going to No, no, <laughs> That doesn't work with my muse. No, you haven't been listening if you I think know. that works with my muse. I am saying she's being masochistic, so it's not about sewing oats. If you were sewing oats and you wanted to have fun, you don't fuck a foe. You don't fuck someone who you consistently make jokes about the sex being bad when everyone knows the head jaunt is already the ghetto when it comes to orgasms. That so true. that's why I'm like, that's self-punishing behavior. Who does that? Who keeps fucking with someone who they don't enjoy unless they are punishing themselves in some sort of grand way. And as far as Eve, being as cold she is to Villanelle, outside of the compartmentalization she's doing, it is, I believe, anger and resentment. How does a bitch get closest to what she has perceived from what we have seen as the audience that Villanelle has wanted for so long? That's why right. we are in the snacks and recaps screaming, oh, we wish Villanelle could have seen a bitch do this. Right. We wish could have seen a bitch in a braid. We wish you could have seen here, her right. talking shit to the lady in red. With these earrings. Right. You are, right. You over here leveling up with outfits. Okay. <laughs> but who's is that that is my point that is the heart of the muse that people are giving Eve a lot of energy and myself included but my energy for Eve is specifically wrapped around the D but that's why I'm trying to broaden my horizon I'm still trying to trust in Lauda and I'm saying that it is resentment it is anger and is she not correct and deserved to be resentful and angry when she has finally gotten rid of everything that was a blockade, an obstacle to Villanelle just to walk away on the bridge. No, and no, so yeah. since they're no longer calm and serene like they were on the bridge, there's no longer those smiles. Do you kiss me? <laughs> like those fucking lyrics. We were screaming about the lyrics, listeners, fans, watchers, whatever, screaming about the lyrics, and we are still here. And so we have no promises. We have no promises that Lauda's going to do anything to fill in the blanks or to make no, it right. make sense. But this, for me, makes sense. And that's what I care most about, that I can find a way to make the show make sense, to make Eve Palastri fully make sense to me. Because I love Eve as much as I love Villanelle. They're both two murderous house. Two sides of the same fucking coin. And I just want to understand what these bitches doing. And so while I'm still working out my muses and perhaps when we muse with Lindsay about the Loki theories, we can get a little closer to what they were trying to do. Jesus Christo, Villanelle, I do believe that this is accurate for Eve. I believe that she is incredibly reckless and it should be obvious to most watchers. And that recklessness extends to her own safety as well as the safety of others. I... Okay. To put it simply, she has a death wish because she does not care. And okay, you have all these skills, but you still come around the corners. Ridiculous. <laughs> you still barging in to the lady in red's house when she could have fucking murked you right there. No, sure. And that's a gamble. And it worked out in your favor, but it's also absurd. Like dropping the tampon in without much recon. But then again, you have the braid. And so how did you go from the wig to the braid? Sometime changed. How did you mm -hmm. go from watching the mother-in-law and the daughter to the girl from Tinder? We don't know. Louder won't share. Maybe right. There was no deleted scene to answer it. But that is the heart of my muse. That Eve still wants Villanelle. No, right. That she's still keenly aware of the disruption Villanelle does to everything. And because Villanelle, bitch is looking half in. And she's certainly not looking like the Villanelle a bitch fell for. She's not looking like that self-assured bitch who knows what she wants and understands why she wants it. The woman who, in the finale of series one, says someone to watch movies with. That Villanelle knew what she wanted. She did. Eve asked her. She was like, I don't know, just somebody. Nice job, cool flat. Right, mm -hmm. right. I want to pay my bills. I want to live someplace that I respect. 
and have a lover. Someone to watch movies with. I'm wondering, do we get back to that Villanelle? By the end of the series, do we get back to a Villanelle that understands herself and what she wants? And that her motivations are her own? That her wants are her own? And that it is Eve that is this disruptive mm. disc that has set everything aside? That the fact you couldn't get her, couldn't have her, couldn't keep her? When you are in the business of getting, having, and keeping whatever the fuck you want. That's why you was fucking with Aaron Peel. Only to not get, have, or keep Eve Pilastri. And it broke you. Wow. So I'm like, you going for people who broke you in a future episode, but I'll go for Eve? Houseway. He said, I can have anything I want. And you said, sorry to disappoint. And I chose you. <laughs> and Eve, feeling great because Villanelle chose the cloister over Eve, is that's 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 what I'm saying. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to get back to. I've done a lot of yelling about fool, and I deserve to do that yelling because I didn't ask for this aggressive heterosexual behavior from Eve Palastri. Literally, no one asked for it, but. I do think when I'm able to calm down, as I did, and really trying to marinate about levels and waves and vibes, that the way I see Eve acting, faux fits in. The way she's acting towards Villanelle, the way she's acting towards herself, the way she's watching her intimates without soap, ma'am. I, I, ma'am. I. We are down bad, all right? We're feeding fish, but we're not doing our laundry appropriately. No fabric softener, Eve. Really? Really? Whew. So yeah, it's that's its own kind of torture. Wow. But yeah, I totally enjoyed the ride that was this muse it does give insight into the eve palastri of today even though we have missing hours it's still an eve palastri whose actions can be understood and you know i would just like to remind people that it's dark but it's just it's just like villanelle has been and for all the people potentially out there who just want eve to stop and I confess to being one of those people. I just want her to stop and just like be nice to Villanelle because who wants to see that? I'm a Villanive. Shit, but all day, every day. Right. But, but I also want her to stop with the foe more intensely. And I wouldn't be this discombobulated with Eve if she was with a woman. That being said, Villanelle. Y'all forgot who Villanelle was in the first couple series did we forget how she handled stuff with eve she was listening in on a bug yep. and she heard speculation from the mouth of nico palastri that eve might be interested in bill because nico's insecurities about her spending time with her best work friend her work husband had him feeling a fucking way who's the dress for oh you got a new dress eve what the fuck and villanelle heard that i was like oh and i do believe he villanelle decided no, then right. you're done yep. constantine said hey girl just monitor oh what could you just Watch. This is for me. Just watch. And Villanelle was like, sure, I've already stolen her luggage. <laughs> I'm wearing her scarf right now. And I have my date coming for role play. But yeah, 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 no, no. I'll just watch. And so this is the same Villanelle who was a petty ass who killed Bill. While in Eve's only piece of couture, the Hermes scarf. Like, this is the Villanelle that skippity-papped Bill in the chest while Eve yep. was on the other side of the club. This is the Villanelle that sent a note that said, sorry, baby. For killing her best fucking friend. This was a Villanelle that gave Eve a couture dress after she killed her fucking friend. <laughs> took that couture dress after she saw her in it. And then put it on dead fucking Frank whose dick she cut off. That's not petty. That, that's, that's not petty. No, that is. 